in today's show. We're looking at the fantasy basketball waiver wire. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you find, identify, and uh, stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need and that you don't want and can even negotiate better deals on the ones that you want to keep. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. We're here to look at the waiver wire. Um, If you haven't heard, today's game between the Heat and the Spurs has been postponed as the Heat got smashed with like three or four COVID protocols in the last 24 hours. And on top of their six or seven injuries, they weren't able to get the eight minimum players there in time for the game. So that game has been postponed. Let's talk about the most added players now. In fantasy basketball, these are guys, again, these are the most added players. So we're just going to go through and discuss yeah, whether that's right or not. Nassir Little, that's obviously coming off his 20-10 and 10 game last time out. And with the absences of Yusuf Nurkic and Robert Covington at the moment and CJ McCollum, it is obviously really helping Little. Long term, I don't think it's going to be there for him. But for the short term, there's enough there to suggest that he can be a 12-team league player. Malik Monk is one of these guys that I think has a little bit more staying power. The Lakers are obviously a mess. Wayne Allington is not really the answer there at all. Maybe Austin Reeves cuts in. I don't believe Kendrick Nunn's a long-term solution there. Monk's the guy that Avery Bradley, I don't think, is the guy they want to be giving tons of minutes to. I, I think Monk has this opportunity now to establish himself as their starting shooting guard. I would grab him, and let's just see what happens. Now, he could easily just come and play 22 minutes today and look stupid. But I think when we look at the other players around him at that position, you know, Kent Bazemore, for example, you know, Monk has the leg up there and he's a good shooter and, and a guy that can handle the ball a little bit as well. Defensively, yeah, he sucks. But man, so do all of those guys. So I think Monk is worth looking at. Peyton Pritchard's being added in a lot of spots. I get it. Um, Dennis Schroeder is still out. Marcus Smart's dealing with that hand issue. Jason Tatum is out. They are going to get Josh Richardson back, so that's going to have somewhat of an impact on Pritchard, but he's not a bad guy to add. I find it hard to think outside of a few deals that he's going to maintain 12-team league value all season, but for now, yeah, sure. Don't know what's going on with Hassan Whiteside. Don't know why people are adding him, unless I missed something that Rudy Gobert was injured. Um, I, I, look, he is he is a good streamer, sure, like, but there is, like, well, there was nine. There's now eight games on today, so I don't think that... It's the biggest priority to add Hassan Whiteside. That's a little weird to me. Nick Claxton, yep. Yeah, add him. Look, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with LaMarcus Aldridge and how that's going to impact Claxton in his minutes. But Claxo's playing 30 a night. He's blocking shots. He's scoring. He's doing it efficiently. He's great at the moment. Hamadou Diallo. Yes, the Pistons are without a bunch of players. And that's why Diallo's a good add. This is a bloke who won't crack the top 200 when everyone's healthy, but they're not, so it doesn't matter. That is a good short-term add. Grant Williams... 
Um, yeah, we like what he's doing. And the minutes are up with Jason Tatum out. I think that's just a short-term feeling. And it might not even be must for 12s. Cam Reddish, obviously taking advantage of the fact that there's no Bogdanovich and no Herder and no Hunter. And he's stepping up and he's playing really well. I have my doubts that he'll remain a 12-team league guy as we move through the rest of the season. But for now, he's a great option. Marcus Morris, I think he's going to be a solid 12-team league guy for at least until Paul George is out. Now, the problem I have with Morris is he can be a little iffy on percentages. That's not true. His free throws are pretty good. He doesn't get steals or blocks. He's low assists. He scores, and he requires good minutes and good volume to get there. The good thing is he has good minutes and good volume at the moment to get those numbers, but he's never going to be a guy, I don't think, that ever pushes top 60 or top 70. And when players return, we're looking at a guy that probably does you know, average, what, 14 points and is 140th best player. But for now, yes, he's a great ad. And then a lot of people adding Joshie Richardson. I'm not that big on that one. I think it's okay without Schroeder there, but to me, it's just like a 12-team stream scenario rather than a must-roster situation. In terms of guys we can drop, well, we know in Miami, the Winter Soldier, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent are both now in COVID protocols. They were really getting value with Kyle Lowry and then Jimmy Butler out, um, and yeah, doesn't matter now because they're both out. I'll see you later. Otto Porter with Andrew Wiggins out. He was pretty poor yesterday for Golden State. There is still an opportunity for him with Draymond out, but they tend to go with Kaminga and Toscano Anderson more in that spot rather than Porter. So Porter can be a stream option, but he is not a 12-team league rosterable or holdable player. Same with Boogie Cousins, who was getting some nice minutes with Portis and Giannis out. Those two blokes are back. Cousins goes to the waiver wire. Pretty simple equation there. And Shemezi Metu, um, they went with Bagley starting over him. I don't really get it, but they did. And there's Terrence Davis cutting into minutes there. There's just not enough consistency um, in playing time for Metu to be any sort of 12-team league hold. These other ones are more speculative long-term type of ones. Like Those other players were players that we added in the short term who you can easily move on from. But someone like an Eric Gordon still producing okay numbers. I'm just not convinced now that Porter and Green are back that it's going to remain as a must-roster 12-team league guy. And as we always talk about with these droppable guys, it doesn't mean you just have to go and drop them. Although I reckon those first five on the list, you can just piss them off. Don't no worry about it. But with an Eric Gordon, if you don't have anyone else to drop and there is a hot streaming free agent available, you know, what you're losing from Eric Gordon is not the end of the world when we're looking long-term down the season. And the same goes for Duncan Robinson. The Heat obviously not playing today. A few guys in COVID protocols. He can have the big game where he has 21 points on seven threes and not nothing else. But it's so few and far between that he's a specialist three-point streamer, that's it, and not a must-roster guy, yet he's rostered in a ton of leagues. A couple of Knicks, Ivan Fournier and Ron Barrett Jr. Yes, Fournier will have some good games. We saw him pushing 40 minutes when a bunch of their guys were injured, but that's not the case anymore. Those players are back. Fournier's minutes are down. His production's too unpredictable. There's no problem with having Fournier, but a realistic assessment of your roster probably puts him as your worst guy uh, outside of streamers. And if you need to open up a roster spot, he can go. And Barrett, he's just a terrible category league player. We're seeing his minutes drop in preference to Quentin Grimes, of all people. He doesn't get steals or blocks. He's a Cicero. He's a poor field goal and a below average free throw guy at times. Doesn't hit big volume of threes. He's just not that good. And I think we hold on to him because of prospect value and name value and all that sort of bullshit. And you don't need to. And then in Minnesota, looking at Malik Beasley. There is value for him, but they're all going to fly back here. Edwards, Russell, Towns, Vanderbilt. They're all going to be back. Maybe next game. 
And if you need to move on, maybe you miss one game where Beasley plays 32 minutes and scores 18 points. But if you need to make a move to grab someone now for the future, for the rest of the week, for this week and next week, Beasley is an expendable option if that's what you're looking for. If you are also looking for a way to get control of your subscriptions and your free trials that, hey, they just extend into things that take your money, Truebill is what you need. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need or that you don't want or the ones that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year using Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Let's go to the must roster players. These are guys that I can see are sitting available on waiver wires, whether that's on Yahoo or on ESPN or wherever it is, that they're not, they're not rostered universally. And for a lot of you guys, you'll say, well, this is ridiculous. They should be rostered. But I'm telling you, the numbers are there. So if these guys happen to be available in your leagues, not eight-team leagues, but 10-team leagues, yes, they need to be rostered. Even I'm looking through, yep, and all for points leagues too. Josh Hart. Why? He's like under 60% on ESPN. I know ESPN has tons of casuals, but that's too low a number. That Half of their league's casuals? Josh Hart needs to be rostered in every league. I know he's missed the last game with an ankle problem. He needs to be rostered. Dylan Brooks is at 30% on ESPN. 30. They don't have 70% inactive leagues. I know Dylan Brooks is a guy that frustrates all of us at times. But there's enough fantasy value. I know he's in health and safety protocols. He might miss one or two more games. Like, he's a must-roster player. Jared Vanderbilt Bar should be back next week. Not next week, next game, I hope. I don't think that he's coming now and you're going to be limited because Jaden McDaniels has played well in his absence. I think that Vanderbilt will go back. He'll play his 27, 28 minutes, and he'll do what he does. Rebound, get steals, get blocks, get good field goal percentage. He'll just continue to do what he was doing as a regular top 90 sort of player. Must roster guy. Alex Caruso. Now, this is a little bit on the iffy side, I guess, because he's dealing with that foot sprain. But maybe that's another week. And I think when he comes back, he'll clearly be a top 100 guy. Josh Giddy still available in tons of leagues. Should not be. I know there will be issues with field goal percentage and even free throws at times. That, that will happen. But the value of getting rebounds and assists and he gets good steals and he can score okay at times, it's, it's too much to leave on the wire. Dan Gafford. Not only is Thomas Bryan out, but now Montrezl Harrell is out. Gafford played 36 minutes last game. He's been a must-roster all season. Don't know why we're slipping here. This one staggered me. He's like 55% on ESPN. Franz Wagner, please. He scored 38 points yesterday, dudes. Like, What are you doing? He's a must-roster player. Yes, it will drop off when Fultz and Isaac and Bumber and Anthony and, and Ross and every other dickhead for the Magic returns. But it doesn't matter. Like, He's got to be rostered. Kevin Love is rostered in like 30% of ESPN leagues and is still low-ish on Yahoo. I know it feels completely unsustainable. We're 11 weeks deep here and he keeps doing it. And then the burner, Jalen Brunson. Yes, Doncic coming back will have some impact, but he still remains a must-roster player even when Luka is back with the team. 
Let's look at some upside grab types. I've got Onyeka Okongwu there. I love what Okongwu can do. I do not believe for a second that he is going to be playing 25 minutes a night with a healthy Clint Capella. They won't play together, and they won't cut Capella's minutes to play Okongwu. But the upside of Onyeka as a top 50, top 40 player, if you are in a position, a weekly league, a deep bench league, a roto league, where you can stash a bloke, Capella has had Achilles problems for the last two years. The upside on an Okongwu, who can contribute near back-end value in, say, 18 minutes, 19 minutes, and then if that pushes to 29 minutes, then you, you blow up. It's very hard to do this as a stash in a daily changes league, but he's a name to watch. I spoke about Peyton Pritchard already. I think this one is we're waiting for a, if a Dennis Schroeder trade happens, which I think is almost, not a guarantee, but it's a, it's a decently high chance. And by decently high, that's probably 30%, which I wouldn't say for any other trade. All right, Pritchard can step in and play 26 minutes a night. We've already talked about him earlier in the show, but he's a good guy that even if it does drop a little bit now, I'd be holding through you know, January and seeing what happens. This one's probably a little bit more left field, but Josh Green. Reggie Bullock has not worked out in Dallas. Green flashed some really interesting things last game. Big assist numbers. He's already a good perimeter defender. Can he take, maybe not the starting role from Bullock, but at least a rotation role, pushing Tim Hardaway back into the starting group? Do the Mavs blow shit up and trade someone like a Hardaway or, or trade a Bullock? Green has an opportunity here in his second season to start to establish himself and his interesting name. Let's look at a couple of Rockets. Josh Christopher, I really believe this guy is going to have a top 100 run probably from February onwards. It's going to require Gordon getting traded and probably Augustin getting traded, but I do believe it's coming and you just have to be patient. And the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. It's annoying me that we just can't get 25 minutes a night with him and they, you know, it's going to, it feels like it's going to require um, an injury to wood or a trade of wood. And I don't think the trade is necessarily going to happen. Um, but the upside is enormous. And I, I think yeah, if you are in a position to hold, you hold. And the other one I think is marginally interesting is Jackson Hayes. I don't know where the Pelicans are going this year. Hayes played some power forward yesterday. Maybe he's taken back over the job from Billy Hernan Gomez. They would be, they should be looking to develop him considering they spent a top 10 pick on him and then they're playing, you know, journeyman Billy Hernan Gomez over him. They would want to see what Hayes can do. Will Valanchunas be someone that, you know, is sticking around on this team? Probably will be, but I don't know. There's a little bit of upside there for Hayes, especially if Zion does not return. It's just a name to keep an eye on. You should also be keeping an eye on Bet Online because this holiday season, they have you covered with more props and odds and lines than ever before as football marches towards the college bowl season and the NFL playoffs. So Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today using the promo code Locked On and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. Let's just look at a couple of other names here. A couple of Jalen's to uh, to kick things off. We're going to Jalen Green. Um, yep, at him. Sucked before the injury. He's been good since he came back. The minutes are there. The opportunity's there. The usage is there. The talent is there. Maybe he's figured out. I don't know. I can't say that 100%. But 
but add him, make sure he's added, and we'll go from there. And then Jalen McDaniels, with the absence of Bridges in Washington, McDaniels is a great short-term option for Charlotte. Yudawadanabe has been playing pretty well. If we do have uh, Ananobi and Barnes out again, then Watanabe has at least some streaming capability. Otherwise, he moves back into deeper league territory, but I've been pretty impressed. With Brooks and Melton out, as well now as John Conchar in Memphis, I think they've got no choice but to start Kyle Anderson. And if Kyle Anderson plays 28, 29 minutes, then he is a 12-team league player. So go grab Kyle Anderson, and let's see what happens. With the injury to Ricky Rubio, which at the time of me recording this, I'm just going to go and double-check to see whether nothing has broken at this stage to say what the actual injury is. I don't believe we've got any update on... Um, on Rubio, I am expecting that Rubio is out for the season. That's just my expectation. So, you know, Osman, I think, is the long-term beneficiary here. He gets those bench minutes that Rubio was getting, the 27-28. Um, he gets more ball handling and more shot attempts in that bench unit. You know, short-term, you look at a Kevin Pangos or a Denzel Valentine to step in. And then Isaac Okoro probably gets a little bit of extra value. But, yeah, Okoro had a 31-minute starting role already set. Like, that was already what he was doing. I don't know how much that changes. Uh, he'll continue to start, obviously, but he's not going to be you know, taking up backup point guard job off where Ricky Rubio was. He won't do that. He won't be the, the, the same player that takes that same shots. He is worth a grab, but I, I think in the end, it probably will end up being Osman that has the better fantasy run versus Okoro. Corey Kispert with Beal and KCP dealing with protocols and Neto on holiday. Um, he's up and down. He's more of a deeper league streamer. And then a name that I'm really interested in here is Quentin Grimes. If we get another game today where Grimes plays more than Barrett, then he is he's absolutely a 14-team, maybe even a 12-team league ad. I don't know if I have confidence in Tibbs playing a rookie that much, but Barrett's been bad. Burks is limited. Grimes is playing more than him. This is a really interesting game to watch what happens with, um, with uh, what's his name, uh, Grimes and also Juice McBride. I am going to drop a deuce on everybody. See exactly how those two guys um, work in this Knicks rotation. That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave a comment down below. Tell me what you think about these waiver wire guys. Which ones are you grabbing? Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.